one. Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of My Two Cents. I'm your host, Kenneth Thomas, and I have quite the treat for you all today. As most of you know, uh, I've served in the United States military. I was in the United States Air Force, and today I have Major Gaither from the United States Air Force and Air Force Reserve, Vietnam War vet, patriot, an asset to the American, uh, the, the America uniform of the United States Air Force and to our country. I thought you all might enjoy some of the the interesting facts about the Major, so I asked him on to my show today. Major, how you doing? Doing great. How about yourself? Doing wonderful, sir. It's a, it's a pleasure to have you here and an honor. Um, I was wondering if you might tell my listeners a little bit about what it was like uh, during the time you served. Uh, I know you have quite the history where you served uh, alongside or trained with uh, some of the um, the uh, Tuskegee Airmen, and also separate from that, they paved the way for you to become the major that you were when you retired. So, if you'll elaborate a little bit about your training, where you came from, you know, uh, that would be wonderful. All right, my name is Michael Gaither. I'm a native of Atlanta, Georgia. I joined the Air Force in, in 1969, and I served from 1969 to 1973. I started in, in uh, basic training. I was I was a uh, I was a voice intercept operator. Mm. I was in the intelligence field. Wow. The Air Force sent me to Vietnamese language school. As you know, from 19, in 1969, the Vietnamese, the Vietnam War was going on. So the Air Force sent me to Vietnamese language school. It was a 51 week school. I learned the Hanoi dialect. Wow. The, uh, North, the North Vietnamese Army speaks the, uh, the uh, North the Hanoi dialect, now? as opposed to Vietnamese people that you see in in Atlanta or right. in other places, they speak the Southern dialect. Right. So we learned the Northern dialect, and it was a 51 week school. After after the after the language school, we had a uh, about a six or eight week school for the intelligence training. Basically, we were spies. So I had I had my intelligence training, wow. and we were going to be part of an air crew. We have a twenty as in the, in the military, we have a twenty four hour uh, radio net, not just radio, but uh, uh, I should say communication surveillance of uh, of our of our enemies. We want to know what the military is saying right, and right. what they're doing. So not only for the Vietnamese, but for the Russians mm. also. What about for the, and, uh, uh, so, we, so we have uh, language schools that train soldiers in, in after, after, the, after the survival training, we had to go to the altitude chamber. The altitude mm. chamber is to test your uh, 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 physical ability and your ears to see can you handle high altitude. Because our planes flew at high altitude. Mm. Yes, I, okay. I, I know. See, now, our missions, our missions. We had uh, on our on our missions, we we would fly up and down the South China Sea. Hmm. Okay. Now the missions were sixteen-hour missions. We were flying on on C one thirty-five. Yeah. The one, mm-hmm. the, the aircraft 
was supposed to be a cargo aircraft, but it was fitted for intelligence. So it had all types of electronic equipment on the aircraft. Hmm. So on so on our crew on the on the on the aircraft, this is an intelligence gathering aircraft. Right. So on the aircraft, we had the Vietnamese linguist. Then we had the Morse operators. We also had Chinese linguists because when we got when we when we would fly uh, uh, at north on the south and get and get close to uh, China, we want to know if Chinese Air Force is sending out fighters. To, to look at us because our planes are, uh, are on this route and we're flying like this 24 hours a day. Wow. wow. Okay, because when our, when, our, when our mission is over, then there's going to be another plane to take our place and, and continue uh, gathering the intelligence. Okay? So, okay. I would, so, so I would be assigned a radio frequency and uh, on my, uh, I would be uh, sitting at my desk, we would call it a console. And I'd have on my earphones, and um, uh, I would be sitting down. I'd have a pen and paper, and I'd have a tape recorder, and then I'd have a radio. I'm assigned a radio. I'm assigned a radio frequency, or maybe two. Right. And I would listen to my radio frequency. If I heard an if I heard a message come on, then I turn on my radio. Then I turn on my tape recorder and record the message. And I take my pen and paper and start writing down. I start transcribing the time I heard the message. Sometimes if it would be a general giving a speech, and if the general gave a speech, he would just give that, that would be called plain text. He would just say in words what he was saying. Mm -hmm. But if that was an important message, we're gonna send five trucks down the Ho Chi Minh Trail at five o'clock in the afternoon, and they're, car and they're gonna be carrying ammunition. Well, that's an important message. Right, and right. they're not gonna, they're not gonna send that and just, and just say that in Vietnamese. They're right. gonna sit, they're gonna put that in code. Cold, right. So they would, so they would use coded messages. And the code would be, it could be five A six seven, or or it would be, it could be letters. It could, it could be letters. Uh, or usually it would just be numbers, like four five. Four, five, six, seven. How would y'all go about decoding such things? That's four, five, six, seven in Vietnamese. Ah, I see. <laughs> I see. <laughs> okay, and so while they were saying that, I would be writing it down. And then, um, okay. And, and uh, or yes, or yes they could, if they said, uh, four, let's say if they said one, two, three, four. Right. Mot, 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 mot hai, ban, babon. Your Vietnamese is still good. <laughs> you still have good Vietnamese. <laughs> yeah. so, I was, so I could write. So I would. So we would. So we would write down what was what was being said. Mm -hmm. And when the message was over, we had a code breaker on our on, as part of our crew. The code breaker is known as a cryptographer. Okay. Cryptography is the study of codes and the breaking of codes. Wow. Okay? Okay. So the short word for the cryptographer is called a creepy. So we would take out so you would take your message and pass it to the creepy. And he would try to decode the message while the flight was going on. If he could decode the message, he would send him he would send the message right away. And uh, a lot of times we could get a fighter in the air. And, and they could, and, and if it was a truck at a certain location, 
they could actually shoot, they could actually bomb that, that vehicle. Wow, wow. And, and destroy those supplies. Let me ask you this, Major. How successful were they at breaking them? Did they break them most of the time? Some of the times? You know? Sometimes we could break, sometimes, sometimes we could break the codes, but a lot of times we couldn't. We had large computer banks at a, at certain, at, at, a, at a base to try to break their codes. Wow. And, and, and okay, this was Vietnam. Code. This was the Vietnam War era uh, time. This was during. This was during the Viet. This was during the Vietnam War. Okay. 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 Thanks. Now after the after the Vietnam War was over, I, I got out. I got out of. The, I got out in. Uh, uh, I was honorably discharged in 1973. Okay. And and uh, I had a five-year break in service. And I rejoined the service in, in, I rejoined the Air Force Reserves at Diamond Air Reserve Base in 1978. Right. And uh, at that time, so I had been trained in Vietnamese, but the Vietnam War was over. So when I, when I joined the reserves, I had to retrain. Wow. So, so the Air Force required me to retrain and uh, they gave, they put me in a unit where what was needed was somebody in supply. So I was so I was put in so I was uh, 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 trained in in supply. I was going to be I was working in base supply, which is part of logistics. Yes. So right. okay. So uh, I started training in supply, but as I was training as I was training in supply, I was motivated. When I got back in the reserves, I was motivated to do the best that I possibly could because. During Vietnam, I didn't feel like I had I hadn't done my best because during the during the Vietnam War, we felt that a lot of the soldiers felt like this was a war that was fought for political reasons. Yes. It was not it was not fought because the United States was in danger. Was being yeah. attacked. Yeah, right, right. Was exactly. In yes, 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 yes. That's, that's... We 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 attacked Vietnam. Right, right. They had something we wanted. They had resources that we wanted. Right. Do you have a cell? Do you have a cell phone? I know you do. Everybody yes, has a cell right. phone. That's right. Okay. Uh, Vietnam is rich in titanium. Mm. We knew that back then. Wow, that's deep. That's there, deep. There is all. This is deep. Yeah. There is all off the coast of Vietnam. Wow. Vietnam has has rare metals called there's a rare metal in Vietnam called vanadium. Hmm. And this okay. Is see, see, the Bible says war is fought because if I can't negotiate with you and, and take something that you have that I want, if I can't negotiate and get it, then if I can take it by force, then I will. Right. That's right. This is the story. This is the story of colonization yes. before the United States tried to take over Vietnam. France had was in Vietnam and it made Vietnam a colony. Yeah. Vietnam yeah. has rubber. There were rubber plantations in Vietnam. France was profiting off of that. Wow. Wow. There's gold. There, there is there, there there may be gold in Vietnam. There may be oil in Vietnam. Vietnam has that on the coast of Vietnam, uh, there is a base there, there, there's a bay in Vietnam called Kemrine. I, they, they, we say Kemrine, but they say they say Kemrine. <laughs> and at, at that location, if you put a, the, the Russians wanted to put a submarine base there because if they had a submarine base at Kemrine, 
they could control the whole Pacific. Wow. It's, it's a strategic location. Vietnam is a strategic spot, and it's right next door to China. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I can see. I can see everything you're saying, and of course, I've read some things on it too. But uh, I didn't know okay. about the titanium and the cell phone connection. That's that's a very clever move right there by the United States. Okay. Yeah. But then, but then, but then, but anyway. Uh, so uh, uh, during my reserve during my reserve career, I was motivated when I got back in the, when I joined the reserves, and I, I uh, so I was in supply and. I became sort of a, uh, uh, the people knew I was smart, I had, a, I had gotten my uh, degree, but to have a degree, when I joined, when, when I was talking to the, to the Air Force recruiter and I was getting back in the reserves, mm-hmm. I, I, told the, I told the recruiter, hey, I want to become an officer, I got my degree, I got, I got my college degree now, so I want to be an officer. He said, he said, we can't, he said, we're not guaranteeing you anything, he said, I said, but I got my degree. He said, he said, I got, the, the recruiter said, I got my degree too. Hey, this is the Air Force. This is not the Army, this is the Air Force. That's right. <laughs> That's true. Okay, yeah. see, 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 the Air Force, the Air Force has the smartest, the Air Force is known to have the smartest people in the military. It's true, it's true. <laughs> that the is Air so Force, true. You know, the Air Force is the number one, I'm not bragging because no, I was no, in the no. Air Force, That's but right. the Air Force is known, but the Air Force is known to have the best technology. And on top of that, the Air Force is known as the Air Force family. That's right. Even, even, even a basic, even a one striper or a senior airman like you, yes, Sergeant sir. Thomas, yes, sir. The, it, is uh, uh, compared to an Army sergeant. The Army sergeant would rather sleep at the Air Force barracks than That's in the truth. Army barracks. That's the truth. Still like the that food, one, still like that today. Yes. We have the we have the best housing. It is true. It is true. The army call call their food. They call their food uh, cafeteria the mess hall. The Air Force we call ours the chow hall because the, the food is good. Hall. The food is good. The food is good. Oh yeah. The food is good in the Air Force. So, so <laughs> that's right. So but but, but anyway, uh, I got offered. Uh, they recruited me. They said they said Sergeant Gaither, we got a spot. We need a, we need a lieutenant in in fuels. We want you to be. Uh, uh, we want you to be the field officer. That's a potential. That's the office. There's a uh, spot available for a commission officer in fuels, but you got to no. compete for it. No. I said that's what I want to do. I can compete. I can. So I had to take the uh, uh, officer's test and compete with with uh, a number of other people on the base. Right. And uh, the folks didn't know it, but I was I was one of the first blacks to go to Georgia Tech. Really? <laughs> and so yeah. Wow. And so so. And I, I got in. I got in Georgia Tech with my with my eleventh grade SAT score. Wow. Eleventh <laughs> grade. I took the SAT in the eleventh grade, and my SAT score from the eleventh grade got me a got me in the Georgia Tech. Wow. That's 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 okay. deep. I, I applied. I applied in the I applied in in, in the summer uh, of my senior year in in October of my senior year. I got a letter from Georgia Tech. You accepted. Wow, that's excellent. That's ex- and one of the first, yeah, one of the first and few blacks to attend there. Is that correct? I was, I was one, I was about one of the first twenty-five blacks to go to Georgia Tech. Wow, that is that's and incredible. That's incredible. So, so anyway, I, anyway, my, my test score when I took the test score to be an officer in the Air Force, my test score was two to three times higher than the closest competitor. 
Oh, excellent. <laughs> That's all right. I probably, I probably cursed out. Excellent. So, and, then, and, then, and, and then my uh, 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 my work ethic, it, it surprised that they knew that I was a great worker. And I got, and I great, I, I got uh, the supervisors gave me uh, 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 great recommendations also. So, so, the, so the way, uh, the way it was paid for me to uh, become an, to uh, um, become an officer, and so the, I became a field officer. I, I became a second lieutenant in the Air Force Reserves in in June. July of 1980, wow. I became a second lieutenant. That's excellent. And, well, well, and uh, well, I worked my way up through the uh, through the promotion ladder, and I retired. As by the time I retired in 1999, I had become a major, and I had become the chief of supply. So I became the first black. I was the first black field officer at Dobbins. Air Reserve Base in Marietta. That's incredible. And then, and then I became the um, when I, once, once I, I started as the second lieutenant, and by the time I got captain, the uh, the job I had, I became a I got promoted to captain. I became a supply officer. So they moved me to the warehouse. Hmm. Okay. Now I still had fuels. I still had the, because. There was the uh, there was a shortage of officers. I still had control of fuels, but I had to move from from the fuel depot to the uh, to, to the warehouse and and uh, and work in the warehouse as a, as a, as a supply officer. Right now, that that meant I had to go to another school. I had to go to the supply officer school when I got when I got the opportunity. Well, Major, uh, also, Major, I, I, I'm sorry. I have about ten minutes left, and I want to get the, I want to get two two things I would really like to get in. Um, okay. First of all, thank you for your service, and thank you for paving the way for so many of us African Americans. You were one of the first of 25 or less to, to go to uh, Georgia Tech. You were the uh, uh, first officer in the uh, at the uh, Dobbs Air Force Base, first African American officer to serve in the capacity that you did at uh, Dobbins Air Force Base, where I serve as my last duty station. But um, speaking of paving the way, I understand the um, Tuskegee Airmen and what they did actually paved the way for you to do what you did. What was your sure what was your training or uh, 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 interaction with the uh, Tuskegee Airmen? If you could tell me that uh, quickly, I, okay. I'd appreciate it. My listeners would appreciate it too, I'm sure. All right. Yeah, by, the time I, by the time I got in the Air Force, there was an organization that, that had uh, started to promote the values of the Tuskegee Airmen. That was a Tuskegee Airmen Atlanta chapter. Mm-hmm. So I started going to some of the events for the Tuskegee Airmen Atlanta chapter. Excellent. Excellent. And, and I met some of the original, I met many of the original Tuskegee Airmen. Wow. And... The fact that I, the fact that I got promoted to uh, 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 an office to become an officer in in the military, well, the Tuskegee Airmen paid paid the way for me to do what I did. Wow. I'm standing, I was, I'm standing on the shoulders of the Tuskegee Airmen yeah, because they, they proved they, they they proved through their intelligence right through their through their physical fitness mm-hmm. through, through, through their through their uh, uh, courage 
Yes. Through, through, through their intestinal fortitude, through, through their attention to detail, that they were great soldiers. Yes, definitely, no doubt. And they were credit. They were a credit to the U.S. military and to the U.S. history. So that uh, they should be recognized uh, uh, along with soldiers of 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 all uh, uh, races. That's right. And that black right. people and that black people deserve. Uh, uh, we 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 are equal to uh, uh, any citizens in the United States. Definitely, definitely. Hey, we don't take, a, we don't take a, 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 a step back to any soldier. That's right. And, and so, so that's what I wanted to prove in my career. We, we've always been motivated to prove that we're just as good that's or right. the best. That's right. You succeeded, Major. You definitely succeeded. Well, with a few minutes left, um, and again, I want to thank you for paving the way for us. For me, you paved the way for my military career. You, men like my father who served, and, and the Tuskegee Airmen who paved the way for you and, 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 and others. Um, I want to see if there's any advice you'd like to give some young person who's thinking about joining the military or uh, life in general. Do you have any words of wisdom? We have about uh, four minutes left. Okay. In general, the guiding principle of, of my life Three, three things. First, put God first mm-hmm. in your life, in whatever you do. Amen. Okay? Second, put your family second. Yes. Definitely. Okay? Yes, yes. Put your family second. And then that that frees your mind. Mm-hmm. That gives you peace of mind to where you can pursue your life goals and put your whole self into whatever profession or, or, or goal that you have. And you can and you can put all of your energy into it. Wow. And you don't have any hang ups about it. Excellent. Excellent advice. And so 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 that's what that's what put uh, uh, God, then the family, then the job. That's right. And then keep things in that order and then keep that perspective on life and you'll always be successful no matter what you do. Sir, that's excellent advice, Major. Excellent advice. And you know what? I appreciate your time and appreciate you coming on to talk with my audience today. And I'm sure they appreciate it as well. Um, I, uh, If anybody has any questions for the Major, you know how to reach me on my podcast. You can actually leave a message and I can um, pick it up or you can write me at um, my um, address, the uh, Define the Odds by Kenneth Thomas on Instagram or the same name on Facebook. Uh, you guys know how to write me at prominence management uh, at net, and you know leave me a message and I'll get the message to the, the uh, major and uh, make sure that you get an answer for your question reasonable questions only please but major again we thank you so much for uh, talking with us and, and sharing your experiences and your triumphs and it's very inspiring uh, this podcast is a motivational self-help podcast for everyone for, for all people thank and, and, you. thank you so much sir and we'd like to have you on again you know in, in the future maybe and finish this up because there's so much there's a wealth of knowledge that you have and people like you have that as young people and middle-aged people such as myself can really benefit from to uh, better ourselves and better our lives so i hope you all enjoyed talking to um, uh, talking to the major here and hearing what he had to say it's been a uh, refreshing and very uh, empowering for me and I know many of you out there enjoy it. Again, you know how to reach me. 
And uh, I want you all to take care of each other. And until next time, dream in faith. <laughs>